Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wide in, so... Right, we are live, by the way. We are live? Mm-hmm. I just pressed the live button. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could have been doing something embarrassing, man. You could have. You normally are, to be fair, but not this time. I could have been picking my bum live on stream. I don't think you should have said that in the first 10 seconds of the uh, podcast, but... Why not? Hi, Timmer. It's the premier bum-picking podcast. Come (laughs) on, man. I don't uh, on a level I don't really know what bum picking is I mean it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of what it says on the tin I think why would you pick I don't why would you pick your bum why would anyone pick to watch this podcast um bum picking enthusiasts maybe connoisseurs even <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they exist. But I think that's a thing. <laughs> Actually, it probably is. No doubt. <laughs> okay, well, um, I'm ready if you are. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sooner yeah. rather okay. than later. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone, welcome to episode 110 of the quick resume podcast today is quite the day you know starfield is out in the wild reviewers have their hands on it there is a portion of the world playing starfield right now and all we can do is sit here and wriggle and writhe just like the fish that Gollum picks out of the lake with his feet very nice it's horrible yeah it's it's really hard being us right now so you know if you're here hopefully you're here for comfort to stop the shaking and all the other um, symptoms you're currently facing from Starfield denial. Mm. Uh, other than that, today we've also got for you a couple of uh, early leaked impressions, Tim. And just to be clear, at the top of the podcast, so there's not we're not going to go over any spoilers today. There's just some things which are circulating at the moment, and it's not like low profile. A couple of major outlets have covered it, so nonetheless, it's in the show. We'll be talking about Xbox's new enforcement system. Tim, you're fucked, mate. It's over for you. What do you mean? You're going to get banned. You're going to get banned because Xbox has a new enforcement system. What do you mean? And the, 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 to the top rule, the top change, is anybody called Tim... Oh yeah, and has a podcast called Quick Resume Podcast. Bang. Seems very specific. Seems like it's targeted. It was someone in particular. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's quite a few of them. I don't know. I, I don't make the calls. I'm just, you know, just how it is. Well, yeah, I there's guess some extra that stuff is... about about. That's over for me. <laughs> and there's also 
Tango. Tango Studios. You know, one of Xbox first party darlings now. You know. Mm-hmm. So, we've got all of that and more today on the show. Uh, my name is Deck, and that handsome chap over there is Tim. Hello. Hello, everyone. We've kind of got the um, yin-yang of caps going on today, where we've got, I'm front-facing cap, you're back-facing cap. It's very true. What, yeah. what does it mean? I don't know. We'll leave that to the, to the watchers to decide. <laughs> what do you prefer? Front-facing caps or back caps? I'm more do of I smell a pole? Guy. No, you don't smell a pole. People can just type. <laughs> David said, why did you mention Gollum from the Hobbit movies? He's in more than just The Hobbit, but yeah. He's also in um, he's in that really good game, isn't he, that came out this year? Yeah. He should be in Killer Instinct. He should be. He should be. <laughs> just like something more high profile. Imagine if like MK1 just like announced Gollum. To the Gollum. Roster. Yeah. That'd be great. What would his fatality be? He just like gets in an argument with himself and splits in half. He self fatalities. <laughs> yeah. That'd be brilliant. I'm just saying, what would Gollum's fatality be? Just smash your head with a rock or something? Yeah, with a rock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he might try and drown you. Like, Fucking there's a choke you to while. death with Lambus bread. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Lambus bread. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, David, I do mean the same tango that made the ever so beloved Hi Fi Rush. You'd be correct. Hi Fi what? Never heard of it. Hi-Fi Rush? More like Hi-Fi Trash. Am I right? <laughs> not even going to be Game of the Year nominated this year. No, but to be fair, that's not its fault. It's just this year is ridiculous. Yeah. Blessed be the year. Blessed be the year. Yeah, to be fair, it's hard to complain. Although, I am firmly in favour of not allowing remakes to be in the main category for Game of the Year. Uh, I'm not. Resident Evil is still my game of the year so far this year, probably. That's fine. You know, we can have it. It can it can be in other categories, but I, I'm of the belief that we shouldn't uh, put it in that one. Well, your beliefs are stupid. Not really. It's already <laughs> a game, isn't it? <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Do you know what else came out this year? Quake 2 Remastered. That's 92 on Open Critic at the moment. What are we going to do? Put that in there as well. It's remastered you know? remake deck. Let's not be fucking. Oh, so that's chaos. the line, is it? It's just chaos, dude. Yeah. Well, look, we've got stuff to say. Tim, uh, you've got so much stuff to say, haven't you? Go on. Why don't you tell us about all the stuff that you're, all the stuff that you've got to say? There's so much of it. You <laughs> yeah, sent me so I've many got, messages I've got a lot. about so, stuff you've got to say. <laughs> um, so I got I got one of the codes to play Star uh, Starfield. Um, <laughs> nice man. Early, yeah. They um, Todd DM me it directly, um, and I didn't Fuck. I didn't read it. I kind of just left him, and then they emailed it. They emailed it as well, um, and I happened to just be in my emails at that point, so obviously I saw it. Um, right. So I obviously I just I got it from the email. I didn't I didn't respond to Todd's DM. Um, no. What did he say? Have interest. He just said, "Here's the code, sweetie. Hope you enjoy." <laughs> a lot of kissy faces. And he said, Good "Message me back faces. once you get a chance to play it. Let me right. know if any yeah, know like anything yeah. you want to change. We're open to a lot of changes." So right. 
Yeah. Wow. Um, and I gotta say, there's a lot I I will change. That's yeah. Really? Yeah. Jesus. I mean, I'm not liking the sound of that. I've got to be honest with you. You know, it's not filling me with our hope. I mean, for I'm just not a big fan of the name Starfield for a start. So right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And well, what would you call it? Do you think? I was thinking of calling it um, Galaxy Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, yeah, so I've been playing that most of the week. <laughs> um, it's all right. Yeah. I think I'd probably score yeah. it a few points. I think you're allowed to say from. that. No, I, I, I'm not sure you're allowed to do that, actually. What do you mean? Unless, unless I can't I mean, say it's all right. That's too specific. No. Yeah, well, you're not allowed to say how you feel about it. You know, it's just um, unless Todd, of course, gave you specific uh, exemption from the embargo. Well, he has to, doesn't he? he? Can't exactly take me down. Um, but yeah, anyway, no, I didn't get fucking stuff for this bit. I'm done with this bit. Um, <laughs> no, obviously, I didn't. Um, no, I haven't. I don't know. Yeah, game brain hasn't been too crazy this week. Um, I got I've been a little bit sick. I've been sick since like I want to say I've been having headaches for a while, but I want to say I really got sick like sort of Thursday evening, um, and then it you know just it just really hit like splitting headache and sore throat and all that kind of stuff. So I've been getting over that. Um, and yeah, I played cricket yesterday on nothing but lemsips in my belly for the last twenty four hours. So mm, that was good um that was acid but it was you know it's good though because i feel like it 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 took my mind off it for a start i wasn't just sitting around thinking about how i'm ill um and it also helps sort of like sweat it out as well which is quite good when you're ill to just yeah just get it out of your system um but yeah uh game brain wise remnant we've been playing some remnant um we started a new campaign on the nightmare difficulty um and we're going through that it's still a great time still loving remnant um what shit else is hard. have I... yeah shit is hard yeah yeah it's really difficult um and what else have i been playing uh i have i have booted into final fantasy 16 again recently because i, I want to complete that before starfield uh, that's kind of my goal um so i'm I'm a decent chunk through it i don't think I, I, i've got a decent amount left but i think i'm sort of i'm over the halfway point um so i wouldn't mind finishing that up in the couple of weeks leading to starfield um and i think that's about it for me in terms of actual um gaming this week it hasn't hasn't been too much outside of uh, the remnant games so yeah fabulous yeah i've been fairly quiet on my end as well just a bit of remnant here and there and just a bit of hogwarts here and there um i am still like i like hogwarts but i'm i'm like a 7.5 at the moment um i just think the quest design in that game is fucking bonkers they really just lost their minds in my opinion (laughs) Mm. um it's one of those games where like there's a main quest but you have to do 60 chores for 70 different people to get to the next quest yeah do you know what i mean yeah it's like okay so objective get to the next trial great okay i'd love to do that i'd love to do that 
And then it's like, okay, so to get to the next trial, you need Wingardium Leviosa. Okay, great. I'd love to do that. How do I get Wingardium Leviosa? Okay, so you've got to get a Mandrake. Okay, great. So I've got to plant my own Mandrake and I've got to get that and I've got to use it on multiple enemies at once. Bit weird. Okay, but fine. I'll do that. And then you've got to get this venomous plant. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Oh, no worries. I'll just buy the seeds, put it in my plant pot in the room of requirement. You know, no biggie. Oh, wait. It doesn't require just a small pot. It requires a large pot. How much does a large pot cost? Two grand. Okay, let me just run errands for six fucking hours. Pick that up, plant the plant, wait for it to grow in real time. Fucking pick it up, take it over, kill someone with it. Now I can get Wingardium Leviosa. Now I can open the fucking door. Now I can do the quest. That's like the string of events that's been happening with the quest design in this and it's been um mm. I, it's, I think it's a bit of a weird one for someone who just wants to enjoy the main story because the game has loads of stuff in there like so much stuff in it and at times it like it just forces you to engage with all of it it's like you mm-hmm. are going to build a room of requirement and you are going to go in there yeah. and you will tend to the animals you will clean up their shit you will feed them and it's like i don't want to do that yeah and you will do the herbology class and you will yeah yeah, it does Uh, and i i get why they've done it because you know they want to create the whole you're a student kind of fancy at hogwarts yeah go to the classes you know all that sort of thing people love that but i do yeah there's definitely a way they could have done it better without forcing you into it because some people just won't give a shit about going to a herbology class or petting a fucking animal or something like that you know where some people will love it so you know you have to find a way to cater for the for the general a little bit more um and i definitely feel like when they were designing that they were catering more for the hardcore fans that genuinely want to live a life as a student at hogwarts sort of thing um more than more than just general people picking up the game like you said just want to go through the main quest but uh yeah i i definitely had those moments as well a few times in the game um i didn't find it quite as frustrating uh and i think that's because i had a bit of a shared experience with my partner playing it so she did most of that stuff but like um yeah it, it's it's tedious some of it some of it is quite tedious yeah and like you're right it's like if you wanted a wizard simulator a hogwarts simulator like lovely this has really done the job but if you just want to enjoy uh, a story told in the hogwarts world this can get a bit frustrating because there's so much busy work you know they'd say it's like oh you want to do the next quest you got to go find a spider leg and then you got to stir a pot of soup with it and then you've got to feed that soup to a goblin and then that goblin will grow wings and he'll fly to the top of a mountain aside it's just i I, let me go to the next quest yeah i can see her i can see professor weasley let me speak to her (laughs) you can't mate you can't until you have one guardian leviosa yeah i need alohomora you know it's like why just i let me speak to you she won't even Um, spit in your direction until you learn that specific spell you're nothing yeah you're dirt (laughs) so that's how it feels but it's um you know i'm still having a good time with it um i just think yeah that the quest design is a bit it's a bit it's a bit wonky in my opinion but agreed that's just me all right well you know it's a fairly relaxed show i'd say for the most part it's been a quiet news week um so as I said at the top of the show, the big thing here really is that Starfield has released. Uh, no, it has not released. 
it's with reviewers you, you okay over there you're making yeah. small noises no, i just yeah i clicked on the notes and you disappeared from the thing but you're back oh. don't worry <laughs> phew <laughs> well, i was talking and all i could hear was oh oh yeah, <laughs> i fixed oh it. no don't worry okay. Uh, but before we get into the Starfield stuff, of which there were some official blog posts from the team of Bethesda, from which there have been some insider talking, some insider talks, and of which there has been some drama about maybe a game's menu screen, Tim. You know, maybe some people have seen a menu screen and decided that the game sucks because of the menu screen. You know, maybe oh. that's happened. Maybe it hasn't. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to just get into it, you know, knee deep to really make that, make that cool. Mm-hmm. First... The Xbox 360 store is shutting down. Did you uh, did you catch this? Why have I put? Oh my god! Imagine if turtles had big ears. <laughs> That's just like three AM delirium. I don't yeah, know why I typed that. What the fuck is that? Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, no, I didn't catch wind of this Xbox 360 store thing. Um, I'm guessing a lot of people are pretty up in arms about this. This is quite a, uh, it's quite a um, thing, isn't there? About sort of shutting down like legacy mm. titles and stores and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, but I mean, is that because most of it's just going to become or is already sort of backwards com- compatible? Well, yeah, this is part of the argument. I mean, they've stopped doing backwards compatibility titles. You know, they haven't done any in ages. They said that they weren't going to do any more in the last batch, whenever it was in 2021. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, the problem here... So, obviously, it's great that Xbox did the backwards compatibility. The, the number I saw floating around was about 29%, so maybe 30% of the total 360 library was made backwards compatible. Um so that leaves seventy percent of the games that uh, you know that were on the store won't be purchasable anymore. Um, you won't lose access to the games you already own. You know, if you already own them on the three hundred and sixty or if they're backwards compatible, they're not going anywhere. You'll still own them. You just won't be able to buy them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the gist of it. So with that extra sprinkle of information, what's um, what's your thinking on that? What, what's your opinion? What's your perspective? Um. I mean, personally, I don't have too much of an issue with it because I think eventually, uh, times uh, this time's got to come, right? Eventually, um, I do think like the three hundred and sixty genre wasn't like that long ago, like that sort of era. But like, um, it's going to happen eventually, right? And you can't preserve these things indefinitely. Um, and yeah, whatever you have, you still keep. Um, a decent amount, especially for the popular ones and the things you'll probably most likely go back to anyway if you wanted to, are backwards compat already. I don't mm-hmm. see too much of an issue with it, but I, I do understand that just, yeah, get, get, getting rid of these these things is not, um, it's not preferable. You know, people do want to hold on to all this sort of stuff and have it be obtainable at any point. Um, but yeah, personally, yeah, I'm not really too fussed about it. Yeah, I I do feel similarly, and I imagine you know, Xbox knows that most people feel similarly. Otherwise, they would keep it open so they could keep making money. 
However, you know, as it always is with these things, it's always a PR problem. Um, you might remember PlayStation did the same thing, I think, last year, and it was particularly egregious. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it, I think it was like PSP games, PS2 games, and maybe even PS3 games were being delisted. I don't know if it functioned the same way, but obviously they don't have backwards compatibility in the same way Xbox does, so it was it was particularly bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after enough internet bullying, you know, they... Um, they they changed it um to keep it open i don't know how much longer that'll last for but you know um that happened so there is still the sentiment and i think that was maybe last year um you know i i suppose one of the big problems here is that xbox has all this really good tech with backwards compatibility you know they finally cracked it and they just aren't using it you know they kind of just stopped they did all the big stuff which is great but you know i think if they could do one final push to close out this decision, I think it would go a long way to helping people be okay mm. with it. Like it could still be purchased through your Xbox one or your Xbox series S and X store because they're backwards compatible. Yeah. Um, so there is that. And there is also this thing, you know, Xbox has this kind of messaging around game preservation. You know, Phil has said it multiple times. Um, so it feels a bit of a spit in the face to, then turn around and pull something like this. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm with you. Like, we can't keep these things going indefinitely. I mean, can we? Maybe someone knows better than I do. It doesn't feel like that's possible unless we're talking physical copies, um, in which case they'll still work. Um, I I feel like this is... I I guess it is a bit to do with the transition of moving into the digital age, isn't it? Like, some people still haven't clocked on that it's not quite the same when you buy a digital game Um, or when stuff is available digitally there is usually a time limit on that a big time limit but there is usually one you know mm-hmm. you know we're talking like 25 years by the time it from the beginning of the 360 gen to now you know a quarter of a century mm-hmm. so yeah no i get both sides here um i just think it's kind of a bit of a contradictory messaging from from xbox a little bit yes yeah, I mean, I can, I can definitely see that. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna rub people up the wrong way, and especially when, like, like you said, we've gone, uh, Xbox have gone in 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 the past to say, you know, how much they care about, you know, these legacy titles and backwards compatibility and preserving all this, and then just to do that, yeah, I I can see why people will be a bit confused as they're just taking like a U turn on on kind of what they were talking about um mm-hmm. like a, a few years back but um and i do remember i think when this topic came up with playstation i do remember we did i don't think we went off on them but we definitely agreed with the consensus of you know you should keep these things going if you can um yeah. but like you said i think that's because uh playstation didn't have any form of other backwards compatibility so there was no there's literally no way you can access these titles um like ever again whereas i feel like a large amount of the ones you'd want access anyway might already be in your backwards compatibility list you know because they made those lists based off like popularity and and sales and you know the games people would genuinely go back to sort of thing um but obviously everyone has different gaming tastes um yeah it's it's the sort of decision which is is going to rub some people up the wrong way but unfortunately i think that they're just in the minority compared to the people that will just be okay with it and the sort of situation the xbox are in um so yeah you know it's i feel like it that's that's what it came down to when they made their their, their decision so yeah yeah and money 
Money, 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 money. Yeah. Yeah. The money, money, money. That one. So, yeah, you know, ultimately, it is what it is. They did pretty well. Um, I, I hope that they do keep this up to a degree because there were, especially when backwards compatibility was rolling out, there were a handful of games that I did play. I, I can't remember if I bought them, if I'd already owned them, but like I did, I played Red Dead 1 after completing Red Dead 2 through backwards compatibility. I played um, Alan Wake as well through backwards mm-hmm. compatibility. I think there was a couple of others, but those are the two that stick out that I got the opportunity to play that I wouldn't have otherwise if Xbox didn't have this kind of... Um, you know, mantra about um, preservation and compatibility. So, um, you know, I hope this isn't a sign that they're slipping into the abyss. You know, we'll see. Yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting. It's it's the sort of like like you said, the backwards compatibility sort of tech and the way we've done it is there. So maybe maybe it is something that they'll revisit later down the line. You know, when Xbox starts yeah. to, you know jump up a bit i don't know you know they start to you know with with all the first party games and hardware sales maybe get better all that sort of stuff they got a bit more income they got a bit more stuff to play around with they're like hey remember that decision where we took off all the xbox 360 games yeah let's try and get majority of these back on backwards combat you know and it'll be a good pr hit later down the line if they ever need it you know yeah it's 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 not to say it's it's dead and gone you know these things you know they 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 probably can revisit it um as and when the time comes so yeah yeah i think so okay well that's the 360 store shutting down um so moving into kind of the main story today i figured we'd start with the big boy there's no way around it where we're priming for launch day you know the jets are warm mm-hmm. there's been did we put diesel in the rocket um yeah giving it slick cone of paint Ooh, put a little um a little fluffy little dinosaur on the top of the rocket of course i like it we're ready for launch we're ready for launch we are ready for launch how are we feeling how are we feeling bearing in mind early access is the f- well reviews drop on the 31st of august right mm-hmm. embargo lifts 31st of august that's 11 days so that is next Tuesday. Yeah. As of today on Sunday the 20th. And then early access. No, that's not right. No, next Thursday. And then early access to the game comes out on Friday. Mm-hmm. Depending on where you are in the world. You know, Friday night. I think for us it's uh, 1 a.m. Great. So we're damn close. We're under two weeks, really. Mm-hmm. How are we feeling, Tim? Are we, are we seeing this? Are we feeling it? Are we not quite there? Um, I wasn't quite there and I don't think I'm still quite there, to be honest. It it doesn't feel as close as it actually is. I don't know. I don't know if it's just me. Um, but I have started to see just more things pop up with like, um, yeah, with like it, you know, entering the, the, the wild a little bit and stuff like that. I have seen, you know, people... Uh, like on like my social media is just like scrolling and stuff like that you know there are snippets of like starfield from when they did the showcase and all that little Mm bite-sized bits there's like new information i remember this morning i saw some like gunplay with like an smg or something was like he's going around and shooting people indoors and stuff like that and yeah it it was different to what i've seen 
before i don't i don't know i don't know where that footage they, came they shouldn't from. be there um, shouldn't be it, um, okay nobody's allowed to share anything unless you did see something leaked but i, yeah, I haven't seen anything and i Maybe it was just something from the really long showcase that was obviously it's really long and a lot yeah. of gameplay in it. Um, but yeah, just li- li- little things like that have started to you know make me get really excited for it, you know, and it made me think back to like the showcase and everything leading up to it, and you know, like I was thinking like when I boot up the game and I'm creating my character and I'm picking his background and his skill sets and all that kind of shit and I was starting to get really like my heart started beating a little fast and I was like oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, this yeah like it's I'm getting ready good. for this yeah but like I have to say until recently you know it, it's kind of considering how close it is it it doesn't really feel like it's being pushed out there too much right now um mm-hmm. but it's definitely on the rise for me. Like my my excitement is there, and it's it's yeah, yeah. But that's about where I am with it. I think. Hell yeah! So I mean, because we spoke about this in previous weeks, haven't we? About marketing and uh, about marketing and uh, you know, I've got to say, I've started seeing it pop up on YouTube ads, mm. um, you know, a bit more all over the place. Um, and there's also a lot of chatter. The game has been trending for about a week now, um, on Twitter. Um, and I'm sure other social media as well. Uh, the game is currently number three uh, most purchased game on Steam, and it's not out yet. It's still two weeks out, you know, just under two weeks, about 10 or 11 days. Yeah. Um, you know, so that bodes very, very well for the word of mouth that the game is getting, you know, because mm. um, I'm sure after it's launched, the game will continue to stay quite high, presumably number one, um, if, it, if it reviews well. So interesting because i imagine there are quite a lot of people who are in a similar position to you where they're starting to feel it but when we get into the final week the final four sort of days then we'll be in overdrive mm. um we've got a reasonably long sort of section on starfield here Tim. i was just wondering do you want to maybe put the the direct on and run it in the background uh yeah yeah we can yeah i can do um run that b-roll Really get me immersed, really soak me in to the Todd father, you know. Of course. So, with that in mind, um, I think it's a very, very sneaky little maneuver that they've pulled with uh, having the embargo lifted one day before early access. Because, I mean, I think they know they've got a hit, firstly. But secondly, that means if the game does review well, whatever your parameters for well are in a reviews well are there's going to be a lot of people including myself who are going to impulse buy for the early access coming out the next day (laughs) yes yes um and to my knowledge this is the first time that xbox has done this early access thing um in the sense that you can buy a cheap edition and i only just found this out actually i hadn't realized before but the, uh, the 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 uh premium upgrade that you can get to complement Game Pass, comes with the first DLC, some skins, and a couple of uh, other stuff as well. So it comes with the DLC, so you're not just paying 30 quid for um, for the early access. It's also coming with what's presumably a 15, 20 quid DLC. Hmm. So it feels less like I'm being swindled, you know, because there's a lot of other um, games that come to Game Pass and, but don't have any other upgrade options other than just to buy the full price game. And yes. so I, I can't justify I can't justify that. But if you're gonna give it to me for 30, throw in the first DLC, throw in a couple of other extra things, 
you know that's sounding it's, a it's a, yeah it's a little bit more insensitive yeah yeah definitely yeah especially when at that point you know yeah like like, like you said reviews are gonna have hit right and you're excited is either gonna skyrocket or plummet you know what whatever the reviews are but um yeah a hundred percent it's definitely something i can see myself doing as well you know especially as that early access will be um you know on on a friday so we can hit it up on a weekend you know that that sort of thing because i know like many others we've who have probably booked some time off for starfield uh we've done that for the uh thir- oh, i've got the thursday and friday because it releases on a wednesday um but it's still quite it's not quite yeah. the same as getting it on like a friday evening you know and be able to play it late yeah. into the late into the uh early hours of the morning and then saturday and sunday and all that kind of stuff um yeah, full yeah that's, you know that that is like you said even without the incentive you know like you were saying like it, it's just that and then the game like i still think it would be quite close for me to actually still be wanting to invest in that um but yeah with them throwing in some other stuff as well it's definitely an appealing package for sure yeah yeah and it, it doesn't hurt the bethesda game you know bgs have always done very good dlc for their mainline games they have yeah uh fallout 4 far harbor is considered really really good obviously skyrim ones were great um dragonborn and then oblivion shivering isles you know it goes on and on um Mm. so it doesn't hurt either and the first dlc i think is called shattered space so yeah and that's kind of the timeline um of what we're looking at um i am i'm really I mean, the thing is, we've got another week, so I don't want to get too into the weeds of, like, what do we think? But um, I, I've said it before, I, I'm i just really rooting for the game to crack 90s. Um, mm. And my my predicted range is somewhere from 88 to 92, um, because I don't see how it could score less than Fallout 4. Um, because it's we already know at face value that starfield has addressed a lot of the criticism that people had for fallout 4 so from there it's an improvement it's probably bigger it's probably performing better and bug free well not bug free but you know by bethesda standards it's probably the least buggy game they've probably released because of the polish they the time and they've had and there's the engine upgrade you know for all those reasons i just can't see a scoring less than or equal to fallout so that's my must my thinking 88 to 92 (laughs) have your thoughts changed on that at all um yeah no i i I don't think so no i mean i think you're right um just as you break it down like that um i feel like i feel like the game for what it is and what we've seen and the potential it has and everything you know unless this thing really shits to bed with its launch in terms of performance you know it's not locked at 30 and it's dipping and it's you know, it's quite inconsistent. It's buggy. You know, which you know have have you know, like we said, Bethesda games do do get that at launch sometimes. Um, you know that sort of thing. I and, and, unless it really doesn't hit well straight out of the gate, I I do think that oh great an ad um that this is probably going to break the nineties. Um, I do think it's the sort of game where. I think it's only going to scrape 
the 90s because as toxic as it sounds i do think there's just going to be the xbox tax on it like i do just think that even if the game's like a 93 or a 94 i think it's just it will settle uh like a 90 or or like an 89 or something like that but i don't know maybe that's just me being bitter um from things in the past <laughs> and conspiracy theories um but yeah I'm, to- I'm 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 totally with you i think the game will my prediction is it's just going to be a bang on 90 i think um yeah, but i i i definitely feel like as we're approaching the sort of the release of it and we're getting closer and closer i my confidence is kind of only getting higher in the game i don't yeah. feel like it's dipping yeah. i don't feel like i'm as nervous as i was for this to be a banger as i was a couple months ago I th- i'm like i'm pretty sure this is going to be a you know a high 80s to a 90 game um yeah you know so yeah that's about where i am with it but yeah i'm i'm thinking bang on 90 um it'd be interesting to think what everyone else's predictions are in the chat um Mm. feel free to slap your number in there and state the reason why you think you know you think it's gonna break 90 you think it's high 80s what do you think Hmm. or do you think it's a 59 yeah, do you think we can have another red four in our hands? <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. I've watched this. I've watched this direct three times now, and every time I come away, like I go in, like I don't know what if it's not how I remember it, and then I come away from it like, nah, <laughs> that was that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, unless they're very intentionally hiding something from us, uh, which is perfectly possible. You know, like Cyberpunk had a really good gameplay preview. I remember, um, but you know that the the biggest problem with that was performance some of the features that were in that demo weren't in the full game you know mm-hmm. whereas we kind of got a lot of gameplay here you know it, it, it's harder to see that it would be hidden and disguised not impossible but it's it still, doesn't feel that it's way. still sliced gameplay yeah know. no it is it is we haven't seen like a full mission run through or anything like that so you know you, you you never know you never know. never know and yeah you're, you're you're totally right with cyberpunk i mean cyberpunk there was a good game there you know the gameplay was great and the story was cool and stuff like that but like what solely let it down was just its performance you know and that that got it absolutely slated and you know being a bethesda a, a, a bgs game there's a you know a very real chance that it could launch with some performance issues um you know and if yeah. something like that happened with cyberpunk it can it can happen with this uh, um especially on the sort of scale they're going for um with this game well but, yeah um, i mean just to get a sense of it though like cyberpunk it, it was it was like you say you're absolutely right it, it was criticized quite heavily for its performance issues um on the last gen software particularly it was a yeah. bit buggy even on all software but there was um hardware sorry um but there was people did feel that there was some um, features that were stripped back um mm. or not present in the game i think one of them was the the law system you know it was it was a, it was a bit watered down but nonetheless, still at launch on PC, it scored an eighty-six. Yeah, you know, yeah. and that I think bodes well for Starfield. You know, if you consider all the extra time this team has had to polish this game, and what we're going to speak about a bit later as well, um, doesn't appear to be too buggy. So you know, we'll have to see. Mm. Um, and as well, you know, I'm even thinking about just Baldur's Gate. Uh, widely reported that the game, especially 
in the second half. It's quite buggy. Um, you know, nothing game breaking, but annoying at times. Is blocking blocking progress does require a restart, um, and the game's getting ten out ten out of ten across the board. Even the IGN review went up yesterday, and they gave a ten. And in the review, they said uh, we got quite a few bugs, mild to moderate. Nothing game breaking, but it was annoying. Still a ten. You know, I think for the most part, outlets are willing to overlook bugs. Hopefully, mm. that remains the case here, and not just. <laughs> because it's xbox <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it'd be quite interesting because yeah i feel like you could you could bring up these examples and be like well you let these games off being having bugs and stuff like that you know if the bugs are obviously on a similar scale to those other games of course you know if starfield does have some actual game breaking bugs then yes yeah, you're going to have to penalize it for it but um but yeah, if it's on a similar sort of scale and stuff like that, then yeah, you'd be like, well, it's interesting that you uh, you bumped it down a few, but you didn't for uh, yeah. yeah boulders and stuff like that. Yeah, um, highly interesting. But uh, I have faith. I have I has faith. I have faith. I've got an increasing gauge of faith. So let's. I'll tell you what. While we're on this topic, let's stay on this vein before we go into the timeline that Bethesda themselves published. You know the the narrative around what happened before the start of the game. Um. So a couple of things. So this is like if you want to go in like totally blind. If we had, you know, if you're still here and you had, don't want to hear anything from any of the um insiders. Again, we're not touching any spoilers. This is just like what they have heard other people think of the game who have play tested it. That's all it is. So it's like insider impressions that that's all i'm covering here mm -hmm. um but just so you're aware maybe some of you um don't want to hear about any of that either so um first batch from well-known leaker over on reset era from nate drake i remember being told many many months ago that starfield was looking to be in all caps the rpg we have all been waiting waiting for from bethesda soon we'll see if such a high such high praise and hype statement is true he also said, I've yet to hear anything bad about the game, and this dates back to last year. Could be some honeymoon high impressions, of course. Okay. Pretty sounding pretty good. We're not done. Mm -hmm. This came from the other just the other day when review codes went out. Um, I don't think I'm going to say his name, but if you know the story, then you know what I'm talking about. This person is known for for breaking NDAs at times. Definitely has a code. Um and he says, uh, I've got to say. It starts slow. It seems like it has so much to introduce to the player that it doesn't want to overwhelm. Unfortunately, it's still overwhelmed just because of the, the vast number of systems and choices at the player's disposal. However, it does, it does its best, but the few opening hours are a bit weird. However, once you get to the main story, it gets very good. It's mind-blowing how good the game looks for it being a creation engine. Also, 15 hours in and not a single bug. And uh, mm. this is quite funny somebody in the chat he was posting this on discord and somebody in the discord said i'm cancelling my pre-order i didn't buy a bethesda game to not have any bugs <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious um so he doubled down and said yep i'm serious not single bug 15 hours in uh, and he says just to close out i'll get into it in my review this game hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's something, I'll tell you. Hmm. This game is something, I'll tell you. And that's yeah. what we know. Just a bit. Yeah, no, it's quite interesting. And I mean, based on what he's saying as well, I can I can see all of that being the case too, because I can imagine this game being quite a slug and, and a and a bit of a slow burn to start with. Um I feel like most sort of Bethesda game um studios RPGs are like Skyrim. Like no one like no one enjoys the beginning of Skyrim, like the Hierothkar and all that kind of stuff, you know, like it was kind of okay the first time. It still wasn't mind blowing. Um, yeah, and I feel like Fallout's the same. They they all start off kind of slow and kind of kind of like this. And but like this is obviously the biggest one yet, with the most systems, the most shit to play around with, the most creativity, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it seems like rather than taking the approach of just bombarding you, bombarder, um, that they what just you've not got the bombarder spell yet in Harry Potter. I don't think so. Oh, no. spoilers! I've got Confringo. Oh, no. <laughs> Bombarder's fucking. I just blow up. Bombarder's <laughs> the goat, dude. Um, All right, but uh, yeah. So yeah, instead of doing that, then obviously they're choosing to just give it to you over like i don't know like six hours of like game time just like just introducing you to things yeah. very very slowly you know that sort of thing rather than giving you like a two-hour tutorial and fucking cramming it with like massive paragraphs of text and this that and all that kind of stuff um so uh i being the sort of player i am i think i would prefer it the way that it sounds like they might be doing it you know the slow burn do it over a long period of time um, and play around with the mechanics slower and as you learn them sort of thing because I feel like you would lose me after a while if you just start throwing paragraphs of text at me and making me go through menus and making me do this and giving it to me like too quickly sort of thing I feel like mm-hmm. but um, I, I, I can definitely see that being the case with this game 100% yeah I mean I, I've got to be honest um if I wasn't overwhelmed by a Bethesda Game Studios game in the first few hours, I'd be a bit disappointed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, what open world AAA game have you played in the last five years that didn't feel a bit overwhelming at the beginning? You know, it's um, true. Cyberpunk, Elden Ring, um, Assassin's Creed. You know, they they have a lot of interlocking systems that they want to introduce early, so they don't keep giving them to you as you go ahead or you know you don't understand but i can you know i get it you know there's a lot that we've seen about the game so far whether it's like here are your traits here are your companions here's your ship here's your crafting here's base building you know it's i I don't think it's surprising that coming away after four hours you're kind of a bit like (gasps) gasping for air um Mm. but um hopefully it's paced okay you know um but it overall you know i think it's the, the takeaway here is that it's sounding 
good. really good um you know the the bit at the end you know this game is something i'll tell you looks really really good i mean mm-hmm. we know that from the direct um and no bugs you know i think that bodes really really well for how good the game is and also you know possible scores uh, how it reviews mm. definitely so um the back end of this conversation then um is the drama about the Starfield main menu. You can see it in the notes, Tim. I mean, oh, it's actually, it's the thumbnail of the video, actually. I've, I've kind of I removed all the HUD elements. Um, apparently, this is drama. Uh, stirred up by one particular person on Twitter, who, again, I'm not going to not gonna name. Uh, if you know, you know. They're an ex-dev, and for some reason, they, they really appear to just hate everything Xbox does. That's how it appears anyway. And they've, they sort of went out their way to say, you know, the start screen of a game can reveal a lot about how rushed the team was and how much pride they took in their work. Starfield's start screen either shows how hasty shipping deadlines by a passionate team overworked or a team that didn't care. Some pretty wow. deep analysis. Jesus yeah, Christ. Right. I don't think you could get that much from a start screen. I mean, they probably... Well, so it's, not, it's a single just, frame as well. Yeah. They were probably just like... It's just a start screen. Like, at the end of the day, if there's a basic start screen, but a magnificent game underneath it, I don't care. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's not even that basic as well. From what this looks like, it's going to be a moving screen to me. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like that, like, um, flare is going to move around and stuff like that. And yeah, that's, that's yeah. pretty. And all of Bethesda's start screens are pretty minimalistic do you remember skyrim it's literally just black fog and then the little dragon diamond shape and that's it <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah i mean it's it's stupid like there's it that shows no reflection on the game i don't know and I, I, I mean sure yeah it does look a bit basic but like it's just minimal yeah, it's minimal by design yeah it, it doesn't it literally makes no sense there's no way you can d- determine how a game sort of feels based off that. Like, that's the weirdest shit I've ever fucking heard. I don't know. That's from an ex-dev as well, so it's, like, such a peculiar take. I mean, that's not to say that a start screen couldn't be reflective of something, but it's just such a weird interpretation to voice publicly and to try and come on from a place of authority. Um, I don't know. Like I said, this is someone who's, like, regularly posting about something xbox is doing and how they don't like it um so it's just it's just a pattern of bad behavior at this point um mm. yeah dumb really dumb drama uh, but thankfully most of the internet seems to be in agreement that it's a stupid shitty take <laughs> yeah it's a... legit i wouldn't even give this a second glance so that makes no sense to me yeah okay well in our closing parts about starfield then um, is the timeline that was officially posted um, by Bethesda Game Studios last week. They gave a bit of a timeline in sort of the 300-year run-up to where the game starts. Um, I'm not going to go every year over, over every sort of note, but um, just to give a general idea... Um, let, me, let me get it off Humans... Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. It's it's really small, so it might be a bit hard, but you can, you can get it. all right. Screen. I'll zoom in. I'll scroll down a little bit. Sure. So humans first arrive on Mars by 2100 and humans are living in space. Um, I always forget, I know they've spoken about it being this kind of NASA punk and not tier too far future, but um, 
and this kind of reminded me oh yeah so like the beginning of this whole thing was it's like 70 years in the future do you know what i mean um mm. it's got and it almost feels a bit of alternate it's got an alternate history vibe to it which kind of you know fallout does um which i i quite like um so by 2100 humans are living in space you know um and then six years later humans arrive in a different solar system um 4.3 light years away from earth mm-hmm. and then stuff starts to happen there's like you know different factions arrive you know people start having colonies um uh start representing this solar system colonies start representing this planet um and they get a bit, they start clashing basically and this kind of goes back and forth for a while um until constellation starts um and constellation is kind of the the cast of characters who are looking for what the artifacts are and what they mean and what's kind of what's going on out here and that's the group that we join in the um in the in the game and then 2330 is when starfield begins so really it's about 200 years humans have been occupying space for about 200 years not all that long really um from when starfield begins so what's kind of your your thoughts on that with that additional bit of context thinking about the game and going into the game um yeah i mean it's it's kind of cool i mean i haven't really read it in depth but um yeah i mean based on that it's 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 nice to know a little bit of a little bit of sort of knowledge behind the world right and behind uh you know sort of getting an idea of time frames and everything like that what's happened previously i mean i feel like all of that i could kind of apart from the exact dates i could have kind of picked up on it like anyway right you know you, you become this character you sure. join this this is your goal you know you're researching the artifacts all that kind of stuff you know like we we know there's factions we know there's going to be opposing factions we know that factions generally have territories and all that kind of stuff you know you, you, you don't need that to be put on paper to to understand but um yeah no it's it's cool and there, there, there's definitely some um there's definitely some some legs to go with this you know like there's there's quite a lot of different stories you can tell you know with with all the different factions and stuff like that and um you know i'm sure you can join each and every one of them and go through like their own little mini sort of campaign similar to the factions in other bgs games um yeah no it's it's cool man yeah it's cool it's a cool bit of like world building and little mm. knowledge to give to the players to give a sort of indication of what's happened and uh yeah where you pick up from i think it's neat yeah yeah so like i said to to me the biggest sort of takeaway of all of it i mean like the politics and the drama that goes on in the meantime is very very cool and it gives you it gives a nice bit of context to the wars and the the tension between Mm. the different factions uh but to me i just kind of like the um the setting that is like oh we've only been occupying space for about 200 years you know mm. we've had people living out here but it's Very only been really 200 years yeah. yeah you know if you think about the progress that we made from the 1800s to now quite a lot but you know it, it got, it's just an interesting kind of time frame of like how far ahead are we and it's like not that much um and i just think that's a really interesting slice of time to be in for fiction you know mm. definitely yeah um did I have anything else to add there? I don't think I did have anything else to add. Um, I've, I've just seen, I've just been distracted by um, some, uh, notification on Twitter that um, <laughs> the guy who was um, making fun of the the menu screen. Mm. Uh, Is he seeing our podcast you know, live? 
Yeah, that's what that must be. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry, these guys really cooked me. Um, <laughs> personal apology. Uh, no, Pete Hines has responded, who's you know the community or the marketing director. I can't remember. He's one of the two over at Bethesda, and said, "Or oh, they designed what they wanted, and that's been our menu for years, and one was one was one of the first things we settled on. Having opinion is one thing; questioning out a developer's care because you would have it done differently is highly unprofessional, coming from another quote unquote dev." <laughs> oh. The quote-unquote. Oh, I don't think he yeah, is a current dev. He's a, it's a bit of an enigma over what, what he is. He, he has worked on World of Warcraft. He has worked on Diablo 2, but he doesn't appear to be... He doesn't have a name for what he's doing currently, so I don't know. But anyway, yeah, get fucking roasted by Pete. Yeah. Papa Pete. I agree. <laughs> stupid, stupid, stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Okay, well, that's Starfield. You know, we'll revisit. We've got one more week to talk about Starfield in this pre- um release window but it's special you know this is a special time bethesda games games (laughs) are uh bgs games i should say you know they're like events you know they don't come around often they're very unique in their scope and what they do um and this one is going to be day one game pass it's going to represent xbox as a brand um and i think if it delivers if it does crack that 90 i mean ultimately i don't think it matters that much if it cracks the 90s i just think it gives it a little extra push but if it performs well like you know i think the game's gonna really have a big impact on xbox as a brand um i really think it's going to be a must-have game um, i'm seeing it all over the place you know just bought on xbox just bought on xbox mm. um so we don't we won't get we won't get pre-release hype sections like this very often you know even when we come to like a hellblade and a vow those are going to be great and big and exciting personally for us Mm. but for the brand the next time we have something like this i i don't even know when it will be yeah i'm just trying to think um maybe an indiana jones or like maybe Maybe. the next gears installment but i still don't even think that like yeah and like you you could argue like yeah like the next like the halo infinite was quite monumental to to xbox as it was as well yeah um it was big but yeah it's basically things like that it's it's your halos and it's your 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 bgs's and stuff like that these are the sort of games that they yeah they really don't come around often um and uh yeah they're kind of a big deal for the platform so uh yeah you know props to uh props to the uh the crew and hopefully it's uh it's great yeah i mean yeah of course the other thing is elder scrolls whenever that's coming but well um, yeah yeah it's uh allow allow yourselves to be excited um this doesn't happen often say goodbye to your family (laughs) Mm -hmm. well you know get what you get get done what you need to now buy your rations Um, i can just see yeah, that's right. Rations, Mountain Doom, Mini Fridge, you know what to do. You know the drill. Um, Mark the Narc in chat. I don't think I've seen you before. Welcome to the stream. Hi. Uh, we were promised jetpacks and flying cars by the year 2000. The timeline seems a bit optimistic. <laughs> it's funny. You don't have a flying yeah, it, car? It does. No. Yeah. Yeah. Did you not have a jetpack? They don't have flying cars where you are. Interesting. Yeah, if you if you watch like the end of the podcast, which nobody ever does, because of course, why would you? You click off as soon as we start winding down. Mm-hmm. Me and Tim, but we don't walk out the. We float off our chairs and we and we float out the door. It's true. So let's keep an eye out. I'm just I'm just saying. It's true. Yeah. We are Starfield. Okay. 
So, story number two, Tim, um, is um, I'm so zoomed in, I can't see what's going on in my notes. Okay, there we go. Is Xbox's new enforcement system. Here we go. So, I, I assume you didn't hear anything about this then. No. Nada. Well, Xbox has a new enforcement system. So, the way it works is that you have eight you have eight lives. Think of them as lives, you know. Um, except those lives get taken up by like racism and like hate speech and you know uh, sending nude photos and stuff like that, like dick pics and stuff like that. Of you course, know? of course. Um, there are different levels from what can um, yeah, di- different types of offenses cause different levels of strikes. I think, for example, hate speech is three. Um, Certain levels of profanity can be one, you know, if you're using it against someone, presumably. Um, and I think it's, I'm really annoyed because I've got this really good graphic here that they put out, but I've, I've copied it to my notes and it's in really poor quality. Um, mm. But I think it was, I think it was on a six month basis. Like you lose a strike every six months. Um, mm. And if you, if you get all eight, for every strike you get, you get a small ban. You know, the first one being just a couple of days. I think it's just one day. Uh, if you get all eight strikes, it's a year ban. Okay. Um, a year ban. Jesus. A year ban. I mean, you've got to be working pretty hard in a, over time to get eight strikes in a six-month period. You know, really getting all your hate speech out there, all your, all your slurs, you know, you've really got to be just banging them out. Mm. Um, you know, you change your name to something incredibly offensive <laughs> but uh so yes um it, it does feel a bit more punishing and it does feel like there's a bit more clarity because like technically things like profanity have always been against the terms of service but it's never kind of been clear but this now is a, a bit clearer i just hope that they're careful with some of these things like you know i don't want some person banning me because i said shit when i was in a rocket league lobby you know mm. I think that's very different from me being online and telling me to suck a shit or telling someone to suck a shit, you know, there's context. Yeah. yeah. It's not automated. They're all, um, it's all moderated. So, but yeah, that's the gist of it. What, what do you think? So I, I got the graph up in better detail and shared it oh, to nice. the screen. So yes, yeah, so you got, um, examples. Yeah. Profanity is plus one. Cheating is plus one. Sexually inappropriate is plus two. Harassment or bullying is plus two. And hate speech is plus three. And then the strike system is, yeah, one strike is a day. Two strikes is a day. Three is three days. Four is seven days. Five is 14. Six is 21. Seven is 60. And then the big eight is the full year. Um, so essentially it just progressively like the first couple strikes is really not that bad but it's it's good that it's still that initial because what i was worried about is they might just mark you down but you still just carry on but like i i I think it's good that they still got that initial short ban like right right off the bat because i do feel like yeah if something like that happens it, it is good to just straight up punish people um I get I get I get what you mean though, because like profanity is obviously one and then obviously that'll ban you for a day. And like you said, yeah, if you just type something stupid in Rocket League, uh, or something like that, you know, and then you get reported for that to get banned for a day or something like that can be a bit harsh. Um Yeah. 
but yeah, it kind of depends. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it depends on how they review it, right? Um, and how they go by all these things, because obviously it's going to have to go through a review process, whether that review process is done through, well, it will be done through machine, won't it, and keywords and all that kind of stuff. So um, likelihood is if you use war and type something stupid in Rocket League and someone was salty enough to report it, that would result in a day ban for you. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I'm I'm with it. I think it's good. I think it's nice because I was always very unclear on the Xbox ban process because I know that it was there was like an instant one, right? Where you can get like instantly just banned and taken off. Then you can get banned from like online services, and then I know that they can just straight up just lock your account just completely and like your um it wasn't like ip address related or anything was it like you couldn't like sign I don't into know. it but i don't i don't think so yeah. but like i was very unclear at what stages that happened anyway like at what stage does my account just get perma banned i i don't know you know they were very unclear about it sort of thing yeah, that's right um so yeah it's, it's good that they just put it all out it's clear and and, and you kind of understand um where it's coming from um, not that I'll be towing the line in any way, but it's nice to just have a bit of clarity. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, I'm fine. They should hear what he calls me over the microphone. Yeah, it's you. It's just... We're in a party. What's the problem? What does that mean? Are you going to report? Yeah, I don't me? have feelings. No, well, no, you don't. No, have feelings. Probably not. <laughs> I'm very you. nice. Like I'm some sort of cockroach, some sort of fucking clump of gum on the floor. Yeah. You are with those little sticky on eyes, with the little the black eyes that move around. Googly eyes. Googly eyes. That's what they're fucking called, <laughs> isn't it? A chewing gum with googly eyes. Yeah, that's you. That's actually a very good <laughs> representation of you in my brain. Um, I'm reporting you. Yeah, we're not on <laughs> Xbox. God. Um, but yeah, it's fine. I'm happy with it. I don't really have any beef with it. <laughs> it's what it is. No, right. no, no, no. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. And it was interesting what you were saying before about the um, the first strike coming through, because I think they said on their on their blog, uh, I might be remembering it from somewhere else, but then their data shows that after a first strike, most people tend to learn their lesson and don't have another strike. Exactly. So it's important yeah. that that first strike is a little bit punishing. Mm. Um, it's not very long, you know, but um, it's important. A day banned for a gremlin. That's a keyboard warrior. It's a it's a long time. That's, yeah, a, exactly. that's, a, that's, that's a hard, hard. hit to take. That's withdrawal right there. You know, yeah. Yeah. You have to go outside, touch some grass, mm. have some water. Not a bad know. ally. <laughs> no, gross. I don't see why they'd force them to drink water. They can still just drink whatever they want. Well, but I, I imagine when they're glued to the screen, all that's being consumed is something that's fizzy. You know, just like carbon. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I drink water when so, I game. That's because I'm responsible. Good job, man. We've got a responsible gamer here. Can we get a round of applause for the responsible gamer? You can get around. Should of make applause. a show about you. Give me two seconds. Feel like the good. <laughs> no, he's gonna soundboard us. You can do it, buddy. Go on. You find that soundboard. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go, that. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> right, well 
Yeah, we'll make a show like The Good Doctor, but instead of The Good Doctor, you're the responsible gamer. And it's a pro-social show about playing games in a healthy way. I like it. And it's just a live stream of you just playing and occasionally turning to your left, picking up a glass of water, drinking it, and then putting it down and then going back to gaming. It's just that. Yeah, I like it. All right, we're going to move on to the next fucking topic. Why? <laughs> Shut up. I can't, I can't believe you. Were you really salty that I just, <laughs> I just cricketed you? Yeah, you cricketed me. That's like the highest form of offence in my culture. Report me then. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to report you to the police for being a serial meanie. <laughs> oh that's good that's really funny that's good well the only other thing that we found out this week is that devoted studios devoted studios Mm. are assisting with the development of avowed oh why are they assisting is it because avowed's dead yeah it's it's struggling struggling development dude okay they said this on linkedin i think it was linkedin this is just a sneak peek as the real magic will be revealed in 2024 devoted studios is shaping up some of the awe inspiring assets that have, that bring about to life the best is yet to come so i'm having a quick look on the devoted studios website who are you who are, what do you do eh because you don't have a wiki page and that's, that's troubling sense. because i use wiki for all of my sources you know it's the most reliable Should I source. get a vaccine? Yeah. Should I get a vaccine? Should I trust Elon Musk with my life? Yes. Should I invade Area 51? Now, all of these things, the answer Doesn't exist. I find on, on Wikipedia. Doesn't exist, really. Area 51's a myth. Wow, I'm, I'm interested in this. This either bit or... <laughs> or belief. <laughs> Where's this guy? <laughs> it's a myth. Yeah, it doesn't exist, dude. That's all I have to say. Why? To I have no evidence. I just don't think Area 51 exists. <laughs> are, are things that you can't see, do they also fall into that category? Like? Yes. <laughs> like, is the Eiffel Tower? My toes. <laughs> a myth. Your toes. <laughs> my stomach, my lower intestine is a myth. Never seen that. It's not there. Well, you really think there's a experimental government facility for like extraterrestrial stuff and things that we don't understand going on? Well, it's not just for extraterrestrials, is it? It's just yeah, but it's for like facility. anything. Yeah, but it's for like anything. Yeah, I guess hidden to the public or yeah, deemed as a myth. Oh, uh, I, 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 I don't know. I. I don't know if it is. I think it's just a normal military facility, but one time everybody was like, a UFO crashed there, and then since then everyone's been like, what are you hiding? Why is it Area 51? Where are the other areas? Where are the other 50 of them? You know? It's true. But then if people knew a UFO crashed there, then people would know the location of Area 51. I thought that the location was not known. It, it's known. Oh. You can't hide anything from the internet these days. That's not doable. I didn't think the air. I didn't think Area Fifty One was. I thought it was just not even known its whereabouts. That was the entire point. 
maybe in like 2003. Well, of course yeah, you can hide stuff on the internet. Picture. You can you can wipe you can wipe images and take stuff off the off like satellite maps and stuff like that. Especially if you're people if the government's trying to hide it. There was like an organized raid like two years ago. Don't you remember? No. What they you weren't there. I was there. Uh, nothing because they there were loads guns. of people with guns. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And they went, oh shit, yeah, I forgot about this. And they went <laughs> home. All we have are rocks. We don't win this one, lads. <laughs> Let's come back stronger. Yeah. Come back stronger next year. Well, if you've been dying to know the answer to the question that I set out before this tangent about devoted studios, they've worked on Five Night at Freddy's, Spellbreak, Kid, Kid Amnesia Exhibition, Pallia, Blanco's Block Party, Animal Jam, Magic Craft. There's a few. Some of these are more recognizable than others. You know, for me, Five Night at Freddy's and Spellbreak. But yeah, support studios. Not uncommon. No biggie. Um, I just think... People, I think people, and probably us as well, are going to be really surprised at how big Avowed is because we keep hearing this Outer Worlds comparison, which, to be fair, the devs themselves did make. I just don't think they meant it in terms of scope. Like, yes. This is how big the game is. This is just the structure of the game. It's now like a semi-open world rather than like a big Skyrim open world sort of thing. Mm. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it's more like the tone of the game and, yeah, the structure of the game rather than you know yeah the actual size like it may play similar to out of worlds in terms of like you know larger scale loaded areas and stuff like that but then they might be 10 times more 20 times more than um than uh the outer worlds um but yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it'd be interesting to see what they're working on though, shaping some of the awe-inspiring assets that bring Avowed mm. to life. So does that mean they're just working on like, like trees? Yeah, to me that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't scream like gameplay features as opposed to just like maybe, no, it's not. Yeah, like touching up like um and putting their own spin on like um yeah like environmental things or like world building or something like that. Yep. Yeah, maybe NPCs, yeah, probably um, stuff out in the world, maybe monsters, you know, whatever, things like that. Yeah. That's my interpretation anyway. Yeah, same. Ditto. All right. All right, last story for today then. Uh, if you're still here, everyone, please remember to hit the like button. really helps us out. Uh, consider subscribing if you're new here. Um, we do this. We do this every goddamn week. You know, and, and there's evidence. You know, you can check... This is episode 110. I haven't made that up. There is 110. There's 109 other episodes, you know. Mm-hmm. So, just so you know, in case you're thinking I'm a liar, I'm not. <laughs> so, the fifth and final story, Tim. Xbox is very happy with Tango, apparently, and they're reinvesting what? back in the studio. Tango no Game way. Works. Nah, could be a joke. Really? They're invest. They're they're reinvesting in a talented studio that makes good games and has made quite a few back-to-back very solid good games no but don't you remember they just lost their the hair what the fuck was his name they just lost um shinji mikami didn't they you know so tango clearly is disbanding don't you remember Mm. yeah no i do remember that yeah 
so clearly this is probably an accounting error you know phil said you know put all your money into um arcane austin for redfall 2 mm-hmm. and they've probably just accidentally put that money into tango yeah uh, oh, damn it we put it into the wrong account <laughs> not again yeah it's not surprising so that they're reinvesting no, in tango. it's coming from jeff grubb just to source it. I also hit 3 million players this week. Hi-Fi Rush did, I should clarify. Um, which is, you know, great. Uh, you know, really, there, there was a question, I suppose, of how... how, but there, there, We spoke about this a while back. I can't remember what it was. That, like, ta- uh, Hi-Fi hadn't performed very well. Xbox weren't, weren't that happy with it. But Jeff has since come out um, and said that he's heard internally that the team is really happy with Hi-Fi. And now we know they're happy enough to be reinvesting in the studio for whatever whatever is coming next. So question for you, Tim, is what is next? What would you like to see from Tango with all this big water cash from Papa Phil? Hi-Fi mm. 2? Uh, Evil Within 3? Something new? You know, John Johannes leading the studio, the guy who uh, made Hi-Fi. What are your thoughts? I mean, it's, it's, it's actually really hard to call because Tango as a studio, really, they fucking bounce all over the place with the games they make <laughs> like it's Thank it's kind of nuts like they because they, they've gone from um yeah like you said they've done evil within they did uh they did ghostwire right yeah they did ghostwire um right. they did and then they did hi-fi rush you know all that just like off the top of my head they're like all just completely different games um yeah so it's it's really hard to tell what sort of direction they're going to go in um I, for one, would like. I don't know if it. Yeah, I don't know. I think Hi Fi 2 could be a very real possibility because I feel like it's just. It was just such a, a hit, right? And it was just. And it's the sort of game which can appeal to the mass audience really easily. You know, like everyone can pick up and play it. You know, it's cute, it's friendly, it's happy. Uh, there's some, like, mascot potential there, you know, like some real. Some real good potential with that ip um i mm-hmm. would like evil within three and um mm-hmm. i feel like with like the whole like acquisition of bethesda and tango game works and all of that i they they always listed like evil within you know like on the banners they did they always had like evil within up there with all like the big blockbuster games that have come with like the um the uh the studio uh, like but Bethesda when the acquisition was going through and it's just like they clearly yeah. know that Evil Within are what they're you know kind of one of their biggest games they're known for if not the biggest um, and they want to remind people of that and I wouldn't be surprised if Evil Within 3 is cooking in, like internally or, or already for in sure. some aspect um, and yeah mm. it's the sort of game with you know, a potential like new engine and all that sort of stuff. It's been a while since you within two as well. You know, it's a sort of game with uh you know, with the cash injection, you know, they can make it look really pretty and they can really change a lot with it. And yeah, like I said, I like run it on a new engine and stuff like that. So um I'm thinking even within three. I'm vibing with that. I feel like that's gonna mm. be their next big budget cash cow injection game from papa and that's what you would you would like as well and that's what i would like as well i'm a big fan of the evil within series they're good yeah i i don't think you're alone there at all um i've never played any of them 
Um, you know, I've only really gotten into Tango stuff this year. I played obviously Hi-Fi at the beginning, and then I played Ghostwire about halfway through while I was on Game Pass. Um, and I think Evil Within definitely has the, the brand power, doesn't it? It has the IP power. Yeah. I'm a bit worried about the mixed quality of the IP, though, to be honest with you. Um, I think the first was a 72, the second being an 80. Hmm. It's popular beyond the rate, the, the number, for sure. Um, you know, maybe the third one, they can kick it up even higher, um, which would be ideal. Um, there is part of me that thinks, now that they've got the technology and the formula down for Hi-Fi, which, you know, settled on an 89, was 90 for so long, and then just dropped down to an 89. Um, I feel like a sequel would be such a slam dunk. I don't know what they would do. I don't know how they would do it, but, you know, really... I think it would be a slam dunk to get it into the into the low nineties um, for a sequel. So I think if they, however, it hasn't been very mass appeal. You know, three million players is fine, but maybe expected for this sort of game. You know, JRPG rhythm game, uh, shadow drop. You know, so you know maybe not unexpected. Um, but you factor those things together. I think Hi-Fi Two is the thing you do if you want another a secure critical banger mm. i think evil within three is the thing you do if you want a commercial success with with a, a better probably a, a maybe a riskier critical chance um there's a bit more risk to it especially with shinji gone now because i think he led some of the evil withins um mm. or one of them anyway i can't remember which one john johannes took over for but um so it's interesting. Or will they just do something new? Maybe they'll surprise us and do Ghost Ghostwire two instead. <laughs> Fuck all that. We'll do a second Ghostwire. Mm. That seems unlikely. I'm I'm putting my bets on Evil Within three. Yeah, I, I would as well. I'd put my money on Evil Within as the next thing to come out. Um, I think they will eventually, undoubtedly, do a sequel to High Five. But um, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But yeah, I just think the next one. Yeah, uh, I've got a very strong feeling as Evil Within three. Um, and I feel like just horror games in general have had a bit of a resurgence recently with all like the RE remakes and stuff like that. Um, and Resident Evil 8 as well, basically just RE, but like, um, yeah. yeah. And I feel like, uh, Evil Within kind of fits in that category of being like a kind of like a pseudo Resident Evil. Um, but they tend to be a lot more, a lot more kind of grim, dark, and scary as well. But they're still sort of that third person sort of shooter kind of feel that a lot of re fans will sort of resonate with as well so um yeah i i think it will be a good a good bet to do evil within three awesome well um you know continued congratulations to the team um i'm glad that hi-fi the play count is still going up um you know if you've listened to the show you know i adore that game so um I hope we do get a sequel at some point. And also, I well, really, I just hope the studio gets to work on what they want to work on. <laughs> you know, they've mm-hmm. earned it. Yeah. Um, and it's not like they played it safe. You know, Hi-Fi was a real rush, and clearly it was enough to put them on the map, not just to the, to the sort of core gamer, but also to Xbox. You know, Xbox has been like, we've got our first Japanese studio, and they nailed it. You know, for the first exclusive game, they, they fucking nailed it so yeah mm. here's a big wad of cash go do something good <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah it's um yeah it, it, it's great that yeah under under xbox's uh under the xbox umbrella yeah they they smashed their first game out of the park you know it's a lot of confidence in the studio now 
Um, and yeah, I feel like Xbox would probably just give them that lump of cash and just be like, you know, what do you want to make next? Um, and you know, yeah. based based on how Tango work, it looks like they like to bounce around on projects and stuff like that. So I feel like because they haven't you know visited evil within in a while it's been a long time since the last installment i feel like it's something they might want to go back to just to change it up rather than just doing a hi-fi hi-fi two um but yeah yeah 100 yeah it's just a lot a, a, a lot of confidence in that studio now and uh yeah well deserved obviously yeah here for it here for it okay right well we've covered all our stories today um I'm happy to wind down the show, Tim. Um, we're both feeling a bit under the weather. So, bit of a shorter show than usual. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll be back next week for our final podcast before the release of Starfield. Oh, um, and then it'll be an early access. Right? Yeah, and then it'll be early access for the, the show after that. Yeah. So, And we say hopefully- that likely we're gonna fold and get the early access especially as it'd be quite cool to talk about it as well on the podcast you know that's what i'm thinking yeah yeah yeah. um so likelihood is your boys are gonna fold um (laughs) yeah our wallets will be just that little bit lighter (laughs) yeah exactly um but it's it's been a long build-up it's very very exciting um you know i think all really the whole xbox community is really um uh, rooting for Starfield to do well on the Bethesda team you know it could be huge like we said uh, there's not really another game I can think of in the coming future that's going to be as big maybe the only thing we missed out was I think Fable has a chance to be massive depending on how that shape shapes up but, very true um, bit, well, a BGS game is kind of on its own level still um, so it's a huge moment it's a good time to be an Xbox fan you know based on what we've heard things are shaping up well it sounds very very exciting um, and I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking this is going to be a damn good damn good video game mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm totally in agreement with you there yeah um, and yeah stay uh, stay tuned for, uh, for, for for more Starfield and uh, yeah, yeah let, let us know your predictions I want to know everyone's predictions because we predict you predicted what yeah. 92 I predicted 90 uh, I think I, I don't you want me to put an exact number yeah I, I put an exact eight, number eight, eight, I, feel, I feel like that's more fun oh god 89 I'm going to be a pessimist. Ooh, that's what I was saying a couple weeks ago, and you were adamant that yeah. it might crack the 90s. Okay. All right. I just I go back and forth on it every microsecond. Yeah, I was I literally just, about to I, say. I can't yeah. do it. I feel like you literally sent me like 10 messages on WhatsApp in a row. I'm just like, <laughs> I know. Get, based on all this evidence, I'm going with 92 and now you're like 89. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Every time I watch the direct, that's why. Every time I finish the direct, I'm like ninety, definitely ninety. And then, like, the further I drift away from that, I'm like, I'm getting nervous and I feel sick. So, eighty nine, okay. <laughs> eighty nine and ninety. So, within one point of each other, but still very high scores. So, yeah. hell yeah. Right. All right. Um, see you later, chaps. Um, this will be up on podcast services soon. Um, if you want to reach out to us, find us on Twitter. Links in the description. Other than that, take care of yourselves and enjoy. Starfield hype train. Cheers. Sundays. Choo-choo. Bye. Bye. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.